1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Collider Ladies Night. I feel Ooh. like I'm at a loss for words with this introduction because I am talking to probably one of the most talented individuals in this business. And I freak, I mean it. I mean it. I have been watching McKenna Grace's work since, you know, you started. And your talent nonstop, everything I see you win blows my mind. It's so nice oh, to Lordy. see you. Congratulations. <laughs>
2: It's so nice to see you as well. Goodness gracious. Ah, one introduction. <laughs>
1: I mean it. And I can't wait to talk about so many of those credits that I love. But first, I'm Lady <laughs> Knight, We play a little game to start. I got a dice tower behind me. I got a list ah. of random questions here. And I roll the die three times. And whatever you land on, that's where we start. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Let's get it. Uh, starting with a number four. Number four is Binge Watch. What is the most recent TV show that you have binge watched?
2: Squid Game. Yes. And all right. It's so good. I went to Comic-Con um, yesterday, New York Comic-Con, not for the panel. This was the day after just for fun with Logan. And I saw this guy dressed up as one of the guys, uh, you know, the, the red everything. Uh, and <laughs> If, um and he showed up and he had marbles and he took a picture with me uh because I asked for one with him and he and he gave me the marbles to hold and he started playing the soundtrack it was great sorry that was such a tangent
1: <laughs> no it's all good I
2: think I'm a little traumatized by the marble episode I don't think I will ever unsee any of that I was texting my friend last night after I finally got him to watch the show and he was like I'm on uh, episode six and I was like so what game and he said marbles and I went Oh, you poor soul. (laughs) Now I'm going to elongate this
1: answer. I want to ask you if you could survive some of the games, but maybe in particular, like the game with the shapes before the episode, you know, saw itself through and we realized what the game was. Did you pick a shape yourself? Like in your Uh brain, what would you have done before knowing what the game was?
2: I, I, I was like, I was looking at that umbrella and the star and I was like, nah, that's too complicated. Oh my gosh, who would want to go to those ones? You definitely want to go for something more simple, right? So I, I think I picked triangle. Okay.
1: <laughs> See, now I know you should pick the triangle, but in the beginning, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for the star. So I probably uh, lost that game. <laughs> I was looking at it and I was like, star is cute, but is it logical? Yeah. Now, now Sorry. I've, uh, now I've like learned the squid game
2: tangent, this entire interview is going to become about squid game. Sorry. You kind of can't <laughs> help it, but thankfully
1: you have a whole bunch of incredible things that I'm excited to get to Second
2: round Ooh, of yes. dice tower right now. Nice roll too.
1: All right. We're going with a seven on this one. Oh, I'm happy. I landed on this one. I'm calling it just for fun. So you probably seven's it my lucky out. number. Yeah. I so. like that. So I can not get over how young you are and how much you've accomplished so it made me want to know what what do you do for fun when you're not working is there is there like a new hobby or something you do oh. want to find?
2: yeah i've been roller skating now for about uh has it been a year I've been skating for about a year now. Yay me. But I've been street skating for, uh, I've been learning over quarantine. That was my quarantine hobby. I learned how to street skate and park skate. I'm so proud of myself because I just finally learned how to drop in and it's been a year. It's been a year me learning and now I can drop into a bowl. I can go up. I can carve the whole bowl and I can do splits on the coping. I'm learning how to stall. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. That's why um, my legs and knees are crapped out of this because they are so scarred up uh, from me falling so much.
1: <laughs> I am so incredibly impressed. I was a good rollerblader, but then I tried to roller skate and I didn't I thought because I knew one, I would be good at the other and that is not true.
2: Huh. Yeah, I'm on quads. I feel like I could never do blades. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I'll I'll just hold on to the blades because otherwise I'm going to break something.
2: All right. Number 3. Sweet.
1: All right. We're ending this with a 6. 6 is rap gifts. What is the most memorable rap gift you've ever received?
2: Probably um the wrap gift. on That's such a fun question. I like these. It's probably the wrap gift on this uh, on Ghostbusters. They gave us all ghost traps. They gave us all like a little like ghost trap holder that says your name on it. And then they gave us a ghost trap and it turns on and off, too. It's insane.
1: I love that. All right. I could probably go through all those questions with you, but we got to get into the meat of it now. So I like to go back to the very, very beginning to start. Do you remember how you first got into acting to begin with? Because you were super young. So is it kind of the situation where your parents encourage you to try something for fun and then it sticks? Or like, did you know from like a very, very young age that something about acting felt right to you?
2: I mean, honestly, the second the second half of what you said really resonated with me because it's like uh, my entire life, I... I don't know. It's funny because now I've been acting for ten years professionally, and I'm only 15, so that's a weird thing to say. But I've been acting since I was five, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, that poor girl. All she does is work. She needs to go outside, ride a bike." It's like that. Those to me are like the the stupidest like comments and stuff because I have so much fun. It's like, oh, she needs to be outside. Ah, I'm literally like outside skating, doing all sorts of stuff. That's just a lot of parts of my life I don't like share on social media so it's hard to um see behind the curtain but honestly this is what i love doing this is my passion i would not rather be doing anything else uh besides this anything creative but um I remember whenever I was super little, I just, I don't know. I, I My uh, great-grandma, she had given me all of these Shirley Temple DVDs, and I watched all of them. I was like, oh, she's so cool. I want to be like her. Man, I want to be like Shirley Temple. Mom, how can I be like Shirley Temple? And She's like, ah, oh, you can act. And I was like, can I? And she's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, please. And she was like, no. And uh, I begged her for ever and ever and then finally whenever I was like it's funny because all this takes place whenever I'm like three and four whenever I was four she was finally like fine oh my gosh let it go for Pete's sake and uh so she put me in an acting class um and the people there they were like wow she actually really likes doing this and my mom was like yeah I know I told you guys that and they're like Yeah, but I mean, a lot of parents say that, but their kids don't actually like doing it. Uh, (laughs) But then whenever I was five, I got my first uh, like audition out in L.A. And my mom and I from like this small town in Texas, we were like, heck, yeah, let's go to L.A. That sounds insane. And so we went out to L.A., yeah. and I booked it. I booked my first ever audition in LA, which was so lucky. Um, so we pretty much, we thought we were like, oh, so you just go out there, you sign your name on a piece of paper, and they give you a job. Easy peasy. Oh my gosh, it's so hard. There's so many no's. It's so much more complicated. But I'm so glad that I, that I ended up uh, coming into this profession, because honestly, there's nothing I would rather be doing. I can't imagine myself doing anything else. I feel like somehow, some way, I would have found my way to some sort of creative part of the screen.
1: None of that surprised me to hear. I feel like uh, (laughs) I could see it radiating off the screen in your work and even in interviews that I've watched you do. (laughs) All right, let's get to Gifted. What Ah. is something that you saw Chris Evans do on that set that you put in your back pocket and said to yourself, I want to take that on to my next feature film.
2: (laughs) Chris Evans, oh, let's think, let's think, let's think. I don't know. It's like, there's nothing super specific that I can pinpoint out. I mean, it's kind of just being around uh, Chris and Octavia and Mr. Mark Webb, our director, and Jenny Slay. It's just being around all of these people. That was my first kind of major-ish, not because, you know, it wasn't like a major huge like film, but it was one of the bigger production I'd ever been on. Uh, It was my first, you know, film, bigger, you know, budget. Chris Evans is here, Octavia Spencer. It was one of my first. And that was really influential for uh, my career, Uh, especially like figuring out who I am as an actress. Sure, I was only like nine, but it was still very influential to me because whenever I'm so little, I absorb all this information and it was really cool to be around them.
1: I skipped this question before, but based on what you just said about, uh, about gifted, I kind of want to bring it back now. So Uh I feel like when you're first starting out, it's, it's one thing to say, like I want to be an actor. I want to make this career, this my career. But it's another thing when, you know, you're performing and something just clicks. Like you can you feel yourself completely lose yourself to a character and that winds up being a feeling that you need to have over and over. So is there any particular project where that happened to you and you knew you needed that feeling more?
2: Wow, that's that is like a really good question. Dang. I mean, Jeez, it's kind of like what I was saying on Gifted. That was kind of like my first bigger project, my first taste of, like, working with really cool people like Chris and Jenny and Octavia. It it really – I don't know where I'd be right now if I hadn't done Gifted. I don't know. I I feel like that was maybe not a moment where I was like, oh, yes, because I feel like I always had that, like, need to want to be – I just – I knew that it was what I wanted to do, but, I mean, yeah, probably on gifted. That was really, really a big moment for me. I would believe it. All right, so (laughs) something that happens a lot in your
1: filmography is you play the young version of some older Ah, characters. So there we go. (laughs) when, When you get into something like that, do you have? Do you have, I guess, a like a process or a certain thing that you need to do with your older counterpart in order to make sure you are nailing the consistency required for something like that?
2: I mean, I probably watch uh, whatever actress is playing the older or the version. You know, I probably watch a lot of their films. I talk to them. Uh, I if I'm. Like with Captain Marvel, I didn't get too much because I was only in there for a few split seconds. With that, I didn't get too much of a chance to fully go over the character with Miss Bree. But I mean, I think that you get the gist of who Carol Danvers is from watching the film and reading the script and just kind of, you know, knowing the MCU. But with something like The Haunting of Hill House, that was kind of a bigger moment for the younger versions. It wasn't just coming in uh, to play a quick little younger version of someone. That was kind of half and half, which I thought was really cool. So we actually, me and the older, my older counterpart, we kept these little journals and diaries that we would write in in the perspective of our character and we'd switch it in and out. We kept one for me, one for her, and we'd swap them every once in a while so that we could read what the other person was writing. And it was really, it was a really cool idea. And so since then I've started uh, every now and then for a character, I'll start a diary for them from the perspective of them.
1: That doesn't surprise me to hear. Kate was just on the show for <laughs> Midnight Mass and the way that she talks about how she approaches her roles, you could tell she, she is very yeah. detail-oriented and she wants mm-hmm. to put all the time and care to flesh it out even beyond what's on the page. And I admire yeah. that quite a bit. Absolutely. She's an incredible actress, by the way. I, I totally love her. She is just one of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. So you also have a lot of horror on your resume and you brought up Squid Game
2: already. Do you, do you like the horror genre? Do you watch it all the time? Yes. Yes, I do. I, I probably saw my first, first like horror movie whenever I was seven. I remember it uh, very distinctly. Uh, <laughs> what was it? So bad. I, I was seven and on the cable TV turned on Alien and my dad, he has like no boundaries of what like scary movies to show me. My mom's over to the side laughing because she knows he has like no chill whenever it comes to showing me scary movies. Uh, all the time in our household, my mom's coming in. She's going, <sighs> Ross Burge, what are you showing? McKenna, what is this? What is this? Are you are you showing this movie? You cannot play that film. And it's the funniest thing because uh, I love it. I love I love watching horror movies. I watched Alien with my dad on uh, the cable whenever I was seven. And I remember having a dream that night that there was a xenomorph in my room. I remember that. That was so scary, but I love it. It totally <laughs> was important uh, uh, aspects of my person, I suppose.
1: Yep, that was me and Scream. And it was... It was very yeah. formative and I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative that my parents just had yeah. no rules and let me watch whatever I want.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
1: this perfectly paves the way to Malignant, which I am recently obsessed with. I mean, I'll put a spoiler warning up in case anybody who's watching our show hasn't seen it, but please tell me everything about the reveal. <laughs> Actually, all right, to back it up a little first, did James give you the heads up? on what was going to happen? Or are you reading the script and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, Gabriel is just sticking out of the back of Emily's head.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's kind of, no, I didn't know what I was doing. I I just, I started reading and I was like, ah, yes, I'm the younger version. Where am I? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, there we go. That's a James Wan twist. So I, uh, that was really cool. My mom and I have a bunch of pictures of us posing with the back of me we took a bunch of pictures we'd go and like take all these pictures with Gabriel because he was so weird looking and my mom has all these pictures of her going with Gabriel it's the funniest thing ever but after watching the film the funniest thing is my dad and I watched it uh, honestly I'm just gonna say really quick that film was so interesting because I was only there for a little bit so watching the film I had no idea what to expect I love the cinematography James Wan is just a genius but we watched it and after it ended my dog started scratching on my door and we both went Gabriel and now anytime my dog scratches on the door we all go Gabriel (laughs) it's the funniest thing sorry when when the time
1: (laughs) is appropriate and everyone's seen it you have to share those pictures on Instagram I would
2: love that (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I totally will have to. It's the funny. It's so, oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: so how do they make all that work? Is it is it a prosthetic attached to
2: you? Or yeah. is, is any VFX involved? It's, oh, it's all like prosthetic. It, it's like this little robot guy that they attached to my back. I was in the hair and makeup trailer forever. But uh, yeah, and the best part is, is that I'm screaming and sobbing and I'm trying to, you know like act but I have to move him. So at the same time, I'm screaming and I'm going, ah! you know but at the same time James is like no 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 move your shoulder down so I'm trying to like scream while like going to try and make it look like he's clawing and stuff so I'm having to just like scream and like move my back all weird <laughs> it was the funny because I was kind of puppeteering him in a way I was totally puppeteering him yeah the only thing that the, animat- the animatronic kind of like opened his mouth and made him blink and like made his arms do that little claw thingy but I was going like this the entire time to try and make him move it was is really is the little Gabriel uh, shoulder move, dancey dance. <laughs> you should you should hit them up
1: and ask them to let you borrow it for Halloween. That'd be a killer costume. Yeah,
2: <laughs> the fun, It's really funny you say that because uh, the makeup artist on that, Miss Eleanor, she's so nice. I worked with her on Annabelle too. But for Halloween that year, I went on to that set and uh, we were shooting it around Halloween. But I think that I had actually finished my parts, but I went up to that set anyway, and I went through the. It was the police station set. Um, I remember what they were shooting, but I was upstairs while they were shooting the police stuff, getting cat's makeup done by our makeup artist, and she made me look like Victoria the White Cat from Cats. So so
1: fun. But well, now I have to follow
2: that up. Do you have a Halloween costume plan for this year? I have so many ideas. I I didn't know if I was doing Ghostbusters press or not on Halloween. I didn't know what I don't know what I'm doing on Halloween. So if I'm not doing anything, I'm probably going to be Carrie. But if I'm doing press or something, I can't have all the blood. I could always be Drew Barrymore from the beginning of. School scream. I could be a snail. I could be a snail. That could be really funny. I don't know why. I could be uh, Margot Robbie and um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sharon Tate. I could be, there's so many ideas like going through my head. Also, I could be David Bowie in The Labyrinth. Goblin King that could be absolutely sick so
1: all good we'll ideas see. all good ideas we'll you it'll are be top- a surprise
2: <laughs> Scream <laughs> is my
1: second favorite movie of all time so I vote so for good. Drew Barrymore
2: so good yeah yeah I might I like that they're making uh another Scream movie because I feel like in, uh, regular horror films, it's the killer that never dies. But Nev Campbell has been in all of the films. And I love that. Like her character never dies. I love that. So funny. Sorry. (laughs) Keeping my fingers crossed. They
1: keep it that way. I have a lot of feelings about (laughs) that. All right. Mm. We have to talk about Handmaid's Tale yet another thing you are incredible and Emmy nominated for. So There's just, there's so many incredibly talented people behind the scenes, but I'm wondering what it was like for you going from the first episodes that you were in to then going to one that was directed by your co-star, by Elizabeth Moss, someone you had worked with as an actor. Can you feel a difference when someone like her is at the helm of an episode?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally, she, her and Carrie Coon and Octavia Spencer, I would say, are like maybe some of the top three actresses I've ever worked with. I think that they are just absolutely incredible. Miss Lizzie, she will come on to set and she'll be so nice. She's an incredibly kind person, but we'll be sitting there talking. uh, And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, get ready. We're going to go on a bell. And then uh, all of a sudden just like her face just changes immediately. Like she goes from talking and laughing to all of a sudden like she does that June look, you know, where she looks down and it's all dramatic, you know, uh, and and she can just go from ha ha to just like s- just crying and and a split second, and I just it's so fascinating to watch how how quickly she can transition. She's just absolutely incredible. I could turn this entire thing into a rant of how much I love Elizabeth Moss, but. I, I'll save it.
1: <laughs> I feel like, don't worry about that. I've had her on a previous yeah, episode and I'm pretty I, sure I gave she, her an intro like yours where I'm just
2: rambling and taking all the time telling someone how much I love them. <laughs> I just, she's incredible. And working with her as a director was so cool. It, it, it was a totally different side of uh, her. And it was it was really great to watch. She's, she's so... She's so powerful. She's such a strong, cool boss lady. I love getting to work with her. Gosh. Uh, Elizabeth Moss rules the world. It's it's Elizabeth Moss's world. We're just living in it. (laughs) Honestly,
1: (laughs) I'm fine with living in that world.
2: Oh, same.
1: All right. Tis Ghostbusters time now. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, so here we are. What is the very first thing that you usually do when you start working on a new character? And is there anything about day one of working on Phoebe that was any different? You know,
2: that's a funny question because Phoebe was, whoa, she was a hard uh, character to kind of figure out. I, I had this whole idea of who I wanted Phoebe to be and who I thought, how I thought I was going to play her down to the way that she talked, to the way that she moved, to the way that she did anything, really. Uh, and then I got on set for the first day. The first day is actually one of the first scenes in the film. I think it's actually the first scene that you see me, uh, Finn, Carrie, and I, Grammar, in the film, uh, which was actually really cool, but... I was really worried about that scene because I played Phoebe so differently than I did at the end of the film because I I was playing Phoebe and then all of a sudden, Jason, you know, he, he came in and he was like, you know, let's try it this way. I was like, okay. And he had such a specific vision for Phoebe, especially since, you know, that was his whole idea. This is his script. This is, this is his whole world. It's his world that he's created and it's so close to his family. It's his father's legacy. Uh, And he had such a specific vision for her. The Phoebe that I came in to the audition with and that I came into the first day with is completely different from the Phoebe uh, in the finished product we worked on her a ton, Jason and I together. Mr. Jason. I don't call adults by their first names. That's impolite. I'm from Texas, Southern manners, but Mr. Jason and I, we, it took a while, but, but we, we got her down and I'm really proud of how it turned out. Do you mind if
1: I ask what were some of the biggest differences between the Phoebe you walked into the audition with and what we
2: see in the final film? So in the in the side notes uh, for Phoebe, it says that she's very robotic in her delivery, that she's a little on the spectrum, and that she's very awkward and nerdy, and that she's very very flat, and she talks like this. So so I came into the audition, and I was I would do it because uh, of the side notes. I I would do it very robotic and very flat, and oh yes, that doesn't seem like it would appear like it's very anything. That is a proton pack. Who would care? You know, I came in and I played it very flat and robotic, many pauses. And then uh, then I changed because Jason was like, we want to see more McKenna and Phoebe. We want to see her be more expressive and have more emotions. Um, and so then I did it the complete opposite end of the spectrum where I played it just completely. I was like, you know what? This is any other audition I'm going into. This is McKenna. And then I played it like that. And and somewhere, we ended up somewhere along that line uh, in the middle. But I'm really happy with how Phoebe uh, comes across in the film. I'm really happy with how she turned out.
1: You should be. I, I absolutely... <laughs> adored her. And as much as I love <laughs> the entire ensemble around you, I think you steal quite a bit of this movie. Oh, bringing, gosh. Bringing up infusing some McKenna into Phoebe. What was it like doing that and also channeling some Harold Ramus? Because that was something else that I found like especially effective and beautiful. And from my limited perspective, feels like an incredibly challenging thing to
2: nail. The thing is, uh, Phoebe's not an imitation of Egon. She, as much as she's a Spangler and by looking at her, you can tell uh, she's very reminiscent of the old Ghostbusters. She has the Egon feel down to the way uh, that she talks and the way that her hair looks, her glasses. She, she 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 seems like him, but at the same time, she's still her own character. So I definitely, it was a little bit scary to try and live up to Egon Spangler but then I realized I don't have to uh because you know we're creating another another a different character she she might be related and looks and blood but uh, we wanted to be able to create something new that that's newer but it still has that authentic Ghostbusters old Ghostbusters feel that gives you that kind of nostalgia which I think is I think that Jason did beautiful, Mr. Jason. Oh my gosh. Ah, I get so casual, like talking in the things. I think that Mr. Jason did that beautifully throughout the entire film. He, he really managed to bring this new, totally new story and vibe and feel, but still make it the same old Ghostbusters that everybody knows and loves. All right. I'm going to have to let you go soon. We have one more game to play.
1: It's kind of like cast superlatives i'm basically gonna ask you to put the cast of ghostbusters into a ghostbuster type situation so i'll give you a description you tell me which cast member best suits it let's go with who is most likely to trip and fall while running from ghosts
2: ha ha logan he already has he slipped and fell while running from muncher in the ectoplasm on accident (sighs) So that was really funny, but I was the only one on set laughing and that was really embarrassing because he fell and I started laughing and everybody was like, Logan, are you okay? And I was like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be laughing right now. I'm sorry. That makes me look so bad, but he was laughing too. Okay. (laughs) I always say if I ever trip and fall in public, I want
1: someone to be there to enjoy it. Like, please let that trip and fall. Bring something to someone else. <laughs> All right, who is the most likely to just give up at the start? Basically, walk into a ghost-filled situation and say, "Forget this. I'm I'm too scared. I'm leaving."
2: Still, Logan. <laughs> still, Logan. Still, podcast.
1: <laughs> who is the most likely to try and eat a mini Stay Puff Marshmallow Man?
2: You know, it's still Logan. Jeez, these are all very, these are all very Logan. I feel like I'm getting to know him very well right you now. Know, yeah, honestly. Let's
1: do two more here. Who is the most yeah. likely, or actually let's do this one. Most likely to be the person who winds up figuring everything out and giving the group uh, a fighting chance against the ghosts.
2: Mr. Jason, most obviously, but from the cast. Maybe, maybe Miss Carrie, Miss Carrie, or maybe Celeste, Celeste or Miss Carrie, probably Miss Carrie. She's a very smart woman. I love her.
1: <laughs> She's another past ladies night guest who just like blew my mind with how I know, like, right? bright and insightful and passionate she is. Love her. All right. One more here. I love this one because this is where I would fall. Who is the most likely to befriend a ghost and try to take it home with them? <laughs>
2: My mom just looked at me and started laughing. That's honestly something I would do. I do that with like animals all the time. I tried to take a pigeon home once because I caught it and it just like hung out with me.
1: Yeah, that'd be me. <laughs> I tried to rescue a baby bird once that I thought wasn't, was like sick and I brought it into my mother's car and then it decided to come to life the second the car started moving and she still has not forgiven me. Oh my gosh. Oh no,
2: that's something I would do.
1: I'm glad I'm glad I'm in good company there. I have to let you go. We didn't even hit all of your incredible titles, but I'll make sure to tell everybody in the comments section a laundry list of things that you should watch Ah. McKenna in. But huge congratulations on Ghostbusters Afterlife and everything you've accomplished. Thanks for hanging out with us on ladies' night.
2: Thank you so much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.